our scripture reading this evening is a psalm that I think so many of us know and at various times has brought us comfort. Psalm 139. We're going to be reading just just the beginning uh, 12 verses of, of this psalm. Psalm 139, verses 1 through 12. Hear the word of the Lord for us this evening. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. And you are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge, it's too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me, and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night, the night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Theologians have a tendency to want to categorize things. They like to have boxes for things, ways to label and direct meaning and to extract meaning. Which means that when it comes to the Psalms, theologians have categories for them, for every Psalm. They fit in this bucket or that bucket. It's a, it's a Psalm of lament or it's a Psalm of praise. It's a psalm of complaint, or it's a kingly psalm, or it's one of those long historical psalms that we tend not to read the whole thing of. But Psalm 139, the portion that we read this evening, it proves difficult to fit neatly into any one category. Depending on which theologian you talk to, you'll get a different explanation for what kind of psalm this is, what category this one fits into, what bucket we can put it into. There is something not particularly easy to pin down about Psalm 139. And maybe, maybe if we were to share how we experience the psalm, we might 
you might see that it's not as straightforward as we think it is usually. Because maybe you experience this psalm, as many others do, a psalm of comfort, of assurance, that God is with you wherever you go. And you read each line of being known, of being held, of being led with a posture of trust. Maybe that comes easily. Or maybe, like many others, this psalm can feel a bit more threatening than it can comforting. It can be unrelenting, even. And you may read the psalm telling you that you are hemmed in behind and before, that you cannot escape God's presence anywhere you go, no matter how fast or far you flee. Maybe the psalm strikes you as a little claustrophobic. Maybe it's a little too close. Maybe you don't find room to breathe. And there's also the core part of this prayer that always comes back to the fact that God knows us. You have searched me, O oh God, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You are familiar with all my ways. Maybe in the hearing of that too, you can see how that could cut both ways. A comfort to some and vaguely unsettling to others. So who is right as we pray this prayer? What category is correct? What's the right answer? One of the aforementioned theologians who like to categorize psalms says that all of psalms can boil down to three different kinds. There's the psalms of, of being securely oriented when we're happy and secure and all is right with the world. And then there are psalms where we are painfully disoriented, where our prayer to God is, this is not the way things are supposed to be. And then there's this third category, Psalms of being surprisingly reoriented, coming out of a dark time and finding a newness with God again. And while I don't particularly like to categorize things too much, I think there is beauty in this because it reflects the movements and the moments of our own lives of faith. I think in those three ways of seeing the Psalms, we, we know what those feel like. We know what it's like to move toward God in the seasons of our life where all is as it should be. When we're secure, when we're happy, when we're full of gratitude for the way that life is. And we also move toward God in the times of our lives when we're brought up short. When life hits us like a gut punch that leaves us just without breath when we are dislocated, when we feel adrift. We also know what it's like to move toward God 
in those times and places and unexpected moments where we are surprised with the goodness of how it can be. The beauty around us when we weren't expecting it. Psalms do not provide us with answers. But they provide us with a shared language, shared experiences, and how we move toward God in them. Because these prayers and these songs, they were written by other faithful followers of God who lived in a world much like ours, a world that often brings us heartache and brokenness, confusion and hurt, worry and anxiety and stress, as well as those beautiful pockets of deep joy, of unexpected, undeserved goodness, and those glimpses of beauty And it may be telling that the happy and secure psalms, they are in the minority. Though sometimes their use in our worship would tell us otherwise. The happy and secure ones where your life is as it should be, that is a smaller slice of the psalms of the prayer book. Because most of the psalms fit in those latter two categories. Those being painfully disoriented, dislocated, adrift. And the prayers where we experience surprise of being reoriented to God after a season of darkness. And I think that's because we rarely wrestle with God when life is going as it should. What cracks us open is when it doesn't. It's when the darkness comes that we seek answers. It's when the darkness comes that we actually wrestle with God, a God that we all of a sudden don't understand. And it's in the darkness that we seek a God whom we actually desperately need. Most of the Psalms come from the raw edges of life. And that's where they meet the raw edges of our lives. Psalm 139 is no different. But I wonder, I wonder if theologians have a hard time categorizing this particular psalm that we can come with such different ways of reading this psalm, of experiencing it. Because Psalm 139 is not about answers. It's not about any one situation or circumstance. It's not about one sorrow or one joy or one expression of gratitude or one experience of grief. It's fundamentally about relationship. It's about intimacy with God. 
And living in relationship with God is so much messier, so much harder, and it never seems to fit neatly in a single category. We often come to God looking for answers or demanding them. Or going to the Psalms looking for the right prayer to pray and the right way for God to hear us. Often to come back around to those answers we want. But Psalm 139 refuses to give us that. Instead, the the words of this psalm, this prayer, it it leads us back into relationship. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You are familiar with all my ways. Where can I go from your spirit and where could I possibly flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, in the grave, you are there. If I were to rise on the wings of the dawn, if I were to settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. You know me. You know me. I don't know where you each are right now. I don't know where you are in life right now. What brought you to this space or this service? I don't know if you come wrestling with questions that hurt or a sorrow that goes deep or a worry that just won't let you go. I don't know if you hear this prayer of Psalm 139 as a word of comfort, of assurance, or if maybe you shrink back from it a little bit because this unrelenting presence you just don't know what to do with. I don't know the raw edges of your life in this moment, in this season. Do you know our God? The lengths that he has gone to to be our God with us. To be our God who knows us. To be our God in relationship with us. To be where we are. We are just a few days away from Christmas. From remembering the story of a little one born in the manger, the story of light and joy and new beginnings and new life that we just love to shout and praise joy to the world. We remember the story of God born as a tiny vulnerable child in a world of heartache and brokenness, of confusion and hurt of worry and anxiety. 
As we retell the story of this baby in swaddling clothes, we don't leave the story there. We remember the man he grows up into, the man he becomes for us. A man who intimately knew this world of heartache and brokenness, who knew what it was like to grieve the death of one he loves, who knew hunger and exhaustion and disappointment, who knew suffering and who knew betrayal. The one who would take all the hurts and all the harms and all that divides us and separates us and kills us, taking that into his own body, nailing it to a cross and giving his life for us, for each of us, to be where we are, to be our God in relationship with us. Be our God who knows us. We know that our Emmanuel knows our darkness, knows our grief, knows our sorrow. And in that, our Emmanuel. brings us a promise. Brings us a promise through the power of his life that even death could not keep down. That says death and darkness, the chaos and the stuff of this world will not have the last word. For light has come into the world, and the darkness will not overcome it. If I say that surely the darkness will hide me, and the light become night around me, Even the darkness will not be dark to you, for the night will shine like the day. For darkness is as light to you. In this season of your life, may you experience in a tangible way the presence of our God with us. In this time of prayer and reflection this evening, may you find space to bring the raw edges of your life to our God, who knows our world of heartache and brokenness, of confusion and hurt, of worry and anxiety. And in your own relationship with God, I don't know if it's an easy one or a broken one, or a frustrating relationship, or one that comes easily, or one that you can barely hold on to. 
or one that you're walking away from. May you know how much you are loved. May you know how firm you are held even when you do not hold. May you know the lengths that God has gone to to be our God with us, knowing us, holding us and loving us in the darkness and in the light. In the name of Jesus, who is our Emmanuel, our God with us, amen.